the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Relying on someone other than ourselves to defend ourselves. We'll take a look at what that looks like next. When was the last time you tried to defend yourself over an issue or someone or something and you knew you were outclassed, you just couldn't do it? Well, you see, it's at that point that we're brought back to the realization that we are to defend ourselves. In fact, as we take a look at Psalm 64, the entire psalm today here on Times of Refreshing, we'll see that we're not our defender. The Lord is, and He delights to do so. And how much better can He do it than us, right? From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, let's catch up with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. I want you to open your Bible to the book of Psalms, Psalm 64. You know, I was just kind of meditating on this, thinking about this, and wanted to kind of just preach this whole psalm. There's 10 verses here that I think will help us in our lives. The title of my message today is The Lord, Our Defense. God is a defender. And uh, I think it's so important that all of us understand this aspect to God's person. He loves to fight for his people. He loves to defend us. He loves to watch over us. He has declared himself to be our shepherd. And and being a shepherd, there's a protective element and aspects to his, his, his job description that all of us have to embrace. Uh, it's not that God won't cause us to open our mouths sometimes and defend ourselves sometimes based on his promptings and leading. But you can rest assured that God is your defender. He is a very present help in your time of need. He knows how to go before and pave a way for you. Even if things have unjustly happened to you, God knows how to stand for you. And I think it's important that we, that we get a hold of this because we're so used to in our own lives making things happen, having to fight back, having to say something, having to do something. And in some cases, the best thing that you could ever do is just remain silent. And watch God work. Do I have a witness in here? God will fight for you. He loves to do it. And, and, and in this verse, these, these verses, it's important. King David was someone who was acquainted with accusations, with death threats, with t- tough times and tough moments. When you read your Bible, First and Second Samuel, and you get in and you start getting into David's life, and you see how many ups and downs and peaks and valleys and how many times that he had to go on. And sometimes he had to, he had to go through things based on the bad decisions that he made. But the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. 
And God took pleasure in defending him and fighting for him and shutting the enemy's mouth. And I think it's important that we see this same dynamic in our own lives. God wants us to, to rest in him, to yield to him. And I like this, to trust him, to trust him, to trust him. And so Psalm 64 is a great Psalm of David. And he says here in verse one, he says, hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. He says, preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked. From the rebellion of the workers of iniquity. Who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. He says bitter words. That they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They talk of lying, of, lay, uh, of laying snares secretly. They say who will see them. They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Look at that. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. But God, look at your neighbor and say, but God. Shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Now, isn't that powerful, saints? This is the God that we serve, and this is the mindset that we have. David, we see he's evidently in a bad situation, and he hears the clamoring. He hears the, the mockery and sees the mockery. And, and you see very clearly here, this was painful for him. He was in a stressful situation. It did not feel good. He did not like it. And so he says here in verse 1, hear my voice, O God, in my, he says, meditation. There is a call for God to hear. And I think all of us in our lives have to learn to release this call. God, hear me. See me. You understand what's going on. And oftentimes, we do, not, we do not lift our voice before God. We don't take time to say, God, instead of me calling this person, instead of me calling that person, instead of me getting involved in here and trying to find my lawyer and this, that, and the other, the thing that we have to do first, somebody say first, is we have to call upon God. And David was willing to do this. He said, hear my voice, O God. He says, in my meditation. Now, this is very important, this word here. Meditation, the primary meaning of the word is a complaint. This Hebrew, this Hebrew word, the primary meaning of this Hebrew word is a complaint. It, it, it means to mutter or babble under your breath. Has anybody ever been there? Lord, I'm tired of these people. I can't believe they're doing this. And now they're getting on my last nerve. Now they're lying on me. Now they're talking about, Lord, you know this isn't right. Lord, come on, Lord, do something. You know this ain't right. Come on, God. Come on. Lord, how many? I oh, my goodness. Lord, Jesus, help me. And you start. Has anybody ever been there in your life? And this is what he's saying. He's saying that this is a dialogue that he's having with him and God under his breath. It was the same kind of dialogue that Hannah had 
when she was praying before God for a baby. It's the same kind of picture here is that I'm having this dialogue between me and God under my breath and I'm issuing a complaint. And there's some times in our lives where we have to issue a complaint. We have to say, God, this isn't right. This doesn't feel good. You know that they shouldn't have did that, Lord. And it's okay. As long as we stay in a place of faith and trust in God, and we're making our requests known unto God, and we realize that ultimately God is the one who knows how to handle situations. There's moments when we need to do this. In some cases, in some cases, one of the worst things that we could do is start complaining to other people. Sometimes it needs to be between you and God, something that is going on. And that God wants to help you process through your meditation to come to a place of closer, closure. And there is a resolve within you that says, God, I've given you my complaint and my, my petition. Now, God, you handle it. And learn to leave it in God's hands. David was here. He says, hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. He says, preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. He says, hear my voice in my meditation. I'm coming before you. I'm saying this. I'm giving it to you. I'm laying it down to you. He says, now the second step is deliver me from the fear of that thing. And I think this is the next thing that has to happen is that God... I like what he says here. He says, preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. He didn't say, preserve my life from the enemy. He said, preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. And sometimes it's not, nothing happened yet, but the fear of it paralyzes you. And I think this is what happens to people sometimes is that there's a fear of the thing and we get so consumed with the fear of the thing. That we don't take time to say to ourselves, the thing hasn't happened. And we learn to get freed from the fear of the enemy. Whether it is the devil himself. Whether it is the devil using people. We get delivered from the fear of it. He says, preserve my life from the fear of this. Now, we have to keep in mind, David had some real issues. With people trying to literally kill him. Nations. Kings. People who had authority. He had real issues with people trying to take his life because of his position. Because of what God had done through him. Because of, let's face it, all the people he killed. And so we see here very clearly here, this was real. He said, preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. And I think all of us need to be, we need to get delivered from the fear of the devil. And we need to get freed from the fear of even the people that the devil is using. We have to make sure that we're sensitive about this. Amen. And get our hearts fixed on God. And God will preserve or deliver us if we're willing to be delivered. Amen. Has anybody ever been in any fearful situations in your life? Understand that God will preserve you from that fear. He'll keep you from that fear. He'll deliver you from that fear. And so that we, we live our lives fearlessly. That we, in, we develop the fear of God. And our fear of God trumps any other fear in our lives. David, he was able to get a hold of this truth. 
He says in verse 2, he says, hide me from the secret plots of the wicked. From the rebellion of the workers of iniquity. He says secret plot or secret counsel of the enemy. Now, this is, this is a, a good, this word secret plot, secret counsel. This is good because what it talks about is something that's being done behind the scenes, away from where you are, you are at, that is being schemed behind the scenes. Now, I want to say this. God sees when you can't see. And never lose sight of this fact. There's no need to worry about what you don't see. Worry about what God sees. And for us, it's important that, let me say this, that we stop stressing about stuff that we think may be happening. Can I have an amen, y'all? This is what happens. We get, I know they're doing something. Well, don't worry about it. If you don't know what, let God deal with what they're doing. He, and this is what David is saying. I like this. He says, hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity. God knows how to keep you hidden and insulated and protected. He knows how, he knows how to keep us under the shadow of the almighty and to dwell in the secret place. He knows how to keep us, but what happens is our minds, if we're not watchful, will start going after things that, frankly, we don't even need to know about. Whether it is, I could care less of what a witch is doing in the city or what, the, what a person is doing, or any vexes and hexes and witches and warlocks and, and people and demons trying to, hey, listen, God's got y'all. I'm going to live my life and have a good time on my way to heaven, amen, and enjoy the presence of God. Well, and even on your job or in your home, in your business, we sit back. Well, I know they talking. And instead of just saying, Lord, you have that, hide me and you deal with the secret plots. And I tell you what, God knows how to destroy them. Amen. He sure enough knows how to destroy him. He says, hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity. He says, now look at this. Verses three and four are important. He says, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. He says, bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shall shoot at him and uh, suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. Now, these two verses are interesting to me because when you think about King David, you think about Goliath and you think about his wars and you think about, I mean, when you think about him, you, you, you think about a sword and fighting. And you, and you see that God, through David, was able to subdue kingdoms and, and, and push people and territories, push people off of territories and, and everything through David's mighty acts. David has killed his ten thousands. And in this psalm, it's amazing that the battle that he's talking about isn't a physical battle with a sword but with people's tongues. He understood the value of that form of warfare also. And he understood the the pain that that form of warfare could cause. He's not talking about the physical aspect of warfare. But there 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 is a word warfare that goes on that oftentimes, sometimes as Christians, we're oblivious to. We don't understand that this is just as dangerous 
is chopping somebody's arm off. And David was able to grasp this truth. He says in verse 3, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. He says bitter words. And I just wrote this down. Bitter people release bitter words. If you're bitter, bitterness is going to come out of your spirit. Bitter people release bitter words. And oftentimes people become bitter because of offense, because of, of, of uh, self-righteousness. They become bitter. Some people become bitter because of fear of something, because of lack of understanding. There's a lot of reasons why people become bitter, but that bitterness, if it isn't dealt with, now it begins to be used as a tool and a weapon to afflict people. And David understood this. I'm sure he turned a lot of people, rubbed a lot of people wrong. The, 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 the nations around them didn't like the way that they came in and, and, and possessed the lands. So there was a lot of bitterness around him. I'm sure there was bitterness in his own kingdom. I'm sure there was jealousy. A lot of things that went on in his life, but those bitter words, people use that position of bitterness now to begin to release bitter words. Saints, we got to watch our mouths and watch and make sure that all of our, us, all of us, that our source is pure, that our spring is pure. What springs forth out of you? All of us have to be sensitive about this because oftentimes we won't kill a person literally, but we'll chop them down with our words. David was able to see this. He knew this. And it is clear. He says that they sharpen their tongue like a sword. He says they bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. And this is the thing that this is amazing to me. David was the king. But people have become so bitter that they had no respect for his position in office. And they did what they did without fear. And sometimes this happens. People lose respect. They lose, they lose that place in their lives. That no matter how, let me say this to all of us here. No matter you know, I, I want to teach my kids. I don't care what your mama did. And I don't care how mad you are. You are not going to disrespect my wife. Can I have an amen? You have, to, you have to lay down the law. And the same thing for the wives. And if you are a single parent in this room, you serve notice on your children that you don't, you might be bitter and angry because you didn't get your PS23 or whatever they're called, but you are not going to talk to me like that. Go ahead and call your daddy. Can I have an amen? Because what happens is people don't realize we got to teach our kids, even at a young age, to respect authority. He said they did this without fear. This is the king. And I think it's important that we, that we teach people to respect authority. And even because if we're not watchful, we start crossing lines. And then it's not only that you, people, you lose people's respect, but now God won't respect us. 
and we want to maintain God's respect. He says that they did it without fear. And this is what the world is coming to. People have no problem talking and saying this and and out of their bitterness saying things that are are just foul. And we have to learn to tell people. Like like I, I believe it was Paul who said, I believe that thou art in the goal of bitterness and poisoned by iniquity. Something's wrong with you. Something's going on in you. And I think it's the same thing that we need to do and learn to tell people, man, you, you're bitter. You got bitterness in you. Let her go, man. Why are you always talking? Why are you hating on her now? Let him go. Well, he ain't never going to find nobody like me. I don't care what he say. <laughs> Ooh, I know I'm preaching now. I know I'm preaching. Look at here. Ah, ah. You know it's the truth. Man, never going to take care of her like I did. She tripping and stuff. I think what happens is, saints, we don't realize some of this stuff comes out. And we have to allow God to free us from this. And then realize that there's a certain level of fear, a healthy fear that we should have about who we put our mouths on. David, and he saw this. He says in verse 5, look at this. He says, they encouraged themselves in an evil matter. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. This word here, shrewd scheme. Shrewd. It means, to this Hebrew word, it means to plan. A plan that has been thoroughly thought out thoroughly thought out this isn't just a moment when 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 you and i may say things or something off the cuff like oh man why did i just say that this isn't something that just out of impulse we say Uh, this here david is saying that these people have have sat down secretly and thought out a plan Similar to what they did with Jesus when they try to chip, trip him up in his words. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they sent people up and their whole goal was trip him up in his words. Listen to what he's saying. See if he says something about the temple and, and, and see if he says something about this. And, and, and let's try to find some kind of accusation against him. Be careful about how you and I, we need to be careful about how you and I look for accusation. When it comes to a person. That person's a great preacher, but we have to be sensitive. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't do our due diligence and we should do our due diligence. But we're, if we're always just constantly looking for something that's wrong, there may be a, a sign that something's wrong with us. Generally, when you walk with God, if he's going to show you something about someone, he surprises it, you with it. But what we do is, sometimes we go on the hunt for dirt. We do it. Yeah, I know that they're the CEO, but I've been doing my research. And we go through, and we do our, and, and like I said, we need to do our due diligence as smart, as wise. Jesus wants us to do this. But, but there's a place where we have to ask ourselves, what is my 
what is my motivation for doing it? What's my motive behind it? That's the question. That's the question. These individuals here, it says very clearly that they had to perfected a shrewd scheme, thoroughly plot out. How can I get this done? And this happens. This is what the devil does all the time. He's planning out shrewd schemes to try to, try to ruin your reputation. To try to harm you in a certain way. To try to bring up things you've been saved for years and the enemy will try to bring up stuff you did when you, way before you even got saved. Get delivered from the fear of that. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. <laughs>